Welcome. <laughs> it's time. Black Motors, we are back. Sir Day. Yes, we are. And I know I always say this, but we always feel so obligated to say how much we appreciate our supporters. Eventually, we'll have a previously recorded <laughs> opening, but Again, right now, we just want to take this moment to appreciate our supporters because the conversation, the dialogue that you all will hear us engage in today will be about appreciating people we love, people that we've come in contact with because life is short. It is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was lost right. into what you were saying though. Bro. I was tuning in like I was like, like I was <laughs> <laughs> I'm like okay. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. All right. Per usual. A different tone today, but we are back in a different mode yeah just reflecting on some of the moments that we've had in the past couple months i should say right that have caught us completely off guard one that was on the same day that we recorded and delivered a session or a conversation on masculinity and appreciating our black women that have had such a profound impact in our lives. And little did we know later that day, so they would experience one of the greatest losses in his life. It's, it's crazy. As I reflect on just that day, us recording the conversations we were having about my granny. So you all have heard me talk about my grandmother on all the episodes. As you all know, she was a anchor in my life. And the day after we got done recording, literally it's nine o'clock on a Sunday night, Black Motors is doing his homework. My other fraternity brother is here. And I got the phone call that my grandmother no longer had a pulse. Damn. And I even remember in that moment, like, what? Like, <laughs> come again? Wrong, wrong text? Wrong call? Because it's real. And I just even remember, you know, falling to the ground in front of you and in front of my fraternity brother, but quickly in a weird way, snapping back in shape, like the business got to go on. I just got to get there and I got to figure out what's going down. And I'm just there like, wait, your grandmother, the, the one that was just at the party having the best time of her life. Unfortunately, best I wasn't time. able to make it, but seeing the video footage, just even hearing you talk about her that day, there was so much going on that day, right? Get, tell, tell us a little bit about that, that day. Yeah, so Black Motors is referring to my birthday, and it's crazy, like, again, how all of this sort of works. But last year, I was like, I'm having a big birthday. I'm going to have a big birthday. It's going to be in January. Granny, I'm buying your ticket. Mom, I'm buying your ticket. Like, it's important right, for right. everybody it's a big to moment. be there. Like, it's a big moment. And mind y'all, 
it not just, but it was my 33rd. It's not necessarily like it was a big 30 or a big 40, but I was like, it's just important for everybody to be there. And I wanted to share that moment with her. So I was like, I want my family to see black excellence in all the various forms that it comes in. I want them right. to see the gays, the straights, the bougies, the ratchets, like, but <laughs> all of it. I wanted them to see all of it. And that's reflected in my friend group. It was important for me to share that moment with my grandmother. Uh -huh. And, you know, she left that weekend changed forever. Right. Like, wow, you're really, you're good. Oh, these are dope black men. These are dope black women. Like friendships are real and relationships are real. She left with such a different perspective on right. life. And here we are. Cause I remember getting you, you all were sending, well, not you specifically, cause you were, you know, having your way with the day, but I remember getting like occasionally photos and then live, you know, yes. FaceTime and just seeing her move throughout the background, just enjoying <laughs> life. And then fast forward to the day of recording and, you know, you were, you were, you know, it's seemingly in communication with her. Yes. And it, it just goes to show that no matter what is happening in, in, in life, death is, is always a, a factor, right? It's, it's always yes. there. And we never know when that moment will come, when that time will stop. And it just blows you away in that in that specific inkling of a second when you realize that that person in the physical form will no longer be present and you know thank god like and you you said it black motives i was literally talking to her at 8 45 and this happened at 9 30. so just seconds later and in that moment there was no regrets. We talked every day. She knew I loved her. I knew how proud she was of me. That's just how we are on a daily basis. But I think what hurt me the most is, whew, this is. Take your time, man. I think what hurts is in that moment, I realized everything she sacrificed for me. It was as if it was just a flashback of my whole life and her being in her late 30s and 40s and giving up all her aspirations and her dreams to take in a child that was not hers. <laughs> and I think about me, yeah, I want kids, but I ain't taking it nobody. Like, you know, <laughs> I can't even wrap my mind around taking somebody's, inserting a child right. that's not mine in my life right now. And but that's, that's the grandmother's instinct, right? She, she knew that there was no way that you can exist in this life, in this world, without her putting her arms around you. Whether that was to take you in, whether that was to allow for you to go out and be who you are, but also kind of offer that guidance, that wisdom, that nourishment that we need to be our best selves, right? And I think that's part of the, the beauty of getting to that moment in life when you realize that the person that you love so much that although they will no longer be here that their impact will forever remain present yes and 
And it does, right? Damn, I wish somebody would have prepared me for this. Yeah. I wish somebody would have had a convert. And I've gone through death before, but it's different when it's your your anchor. When your anchor mm -hmm. is gone, a part of me died that day. And you've been asking me and we've been having conversations of how do you navigate grief? What yeah. does this process look like? And I think it looks different for all of us. For sure. And it's like two worlds are existing right now for me. You know, on one side, there's the day that is mourning, that is mm -hmm. sad, that is in the gray area, that is confused, that time has stopped. Like the world mm -hmm. is, I'm still at February 20th, just sitting there. But then there's the active day that is actively smiling, that is still pushing and still fighting and right. like, yo, you okay, you over there crying. <laughs> Why mm. you over there crying and figuring mm. that's out? We gonna have to just be an autopilot right. and make stuff move and shake because you life has to go on. You have to just try to give. But it's it's hard, bro. It is. And and it's okay for it to be hard because that's a peculiar time stamp. You call that date out specifically, it's a peculiar time stamp. Because at that moment you realize from that time forward that you have to carry every thought, every memory so close to your heart. You gotta hold it close to your heart because life has its way. It seems selfish because, you know, I, I, I won't take too too much time into going into my experience with, with my grandmother, but realizing how much of an impact that your grandmother had on you I feel the same way about my grandmother and that that time stamp was when I was 15. And here it is, I'm almost like 15 years later and that moment still resonates with me. That's wild. So I can only feel what you feel in the, the moment where it just captivates you sometime like, damn. I called my grandmother mama. I was like, mama not here no more. You know, the person that poured so much love into you, that helped you through your most difficult times, provided you all the wisdom, even the chastisement, the discipline, yeah. like you, when, you, when you knew you needed it. And it's like life goes on, right? Fast. It, 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 it continues like to go. And you're just like, who in the fuck? <laughs> For real though. Who the fuck told like, you to keep going when I just lost legit. my grandma? Hold on, I lost my grandma. You you think you just gonna keep going with life? Legit. Wait, this is deserving of a time stop. I mean, everything should come to a fucking dead stop. Seriously. Cause this is royalty. I look at my grandma as a goddess, man. So I can I, I can understand what you're saying when you like, yeah. damn. Yeah, like world stopped and in true day you know in true day form but the the business the institution of day then that ceo bro the next day like sending out communication so people just under you know can understand what's going on and even though i didn't want to do that per se because again there's a side of me that's like dude who cares about anything and all we care about is day right now all we care about is day but I'm like, it can't be that way. 
I have to find a balance of sitting in my grief and mourning, but also realizing that it's easy to slip away into sadness and to darkness and to depression. And if my goal is to be a light and a model through my life, I have to show people a different way of grieving. Like, yeah, a nigga's, you know, I'm excited about things that are to come. I'm excited about things that are happening in other areas in life, but I know I'm not okay. Like I'm mm-hmm. not okay. <laughs> right. Right. I'm not. And so, I mean, it's, it's okay not to be okay. And I think that's a part of process in our grief that we haven't collectively, let me say collectively as a, as a people haven't really found that path. I think to saying it's, it's okay for it not to be okay right now. We don't have to feel like everything's together. We know that life continues on, but in that moment, we it's it's okay to just process it because it, it's like the weight of the world can fall on you. And I think sometimes we we do just run with you know time, and as time progresses, like we realize that we've lost parts of ourselves in that process. I felt like that's what was happening as I was coming into adulthood. Like I said, I lost my grandmother at 15. And so for me, it was like, I thought my grandmother would live to see my children. Yes. I thought my grandmother would live to see me get married. Hello? At, At that time, to see me even drive a car, you know, because... I just wanted to make her so proud and and, and it, it just reflected the value that I had in her and the impact that she had on my life. And so when that time stopped, right, it just, it just like punched me in my chest, man. Like, damn, fuck the world right now. <laughs> you know, y'all know who just For passed. For real. Cause my, my grandmother was like that woman. I'm talking about like Mount Rushmore, put her on a fucking etched out stone because she offered shelter, food, love, support for people who she didn't even know. And to think about how our, our, our grandmothers have pour so much into us, it just reflects on the moment that we're in right now, right? Taking advantage of the impact that they had on our lives to now share what we know, what we experience, to hopefully, you know, offer something to someone to get through their dark days, their dark times, because it gets real. It does. And I, you know, and the realest part isn't even the death itself. The realest part is navigating everything that happens that day forward. That Mm -hmm. has been the most difficult part. It wasn't even the day, but more so the silence that exists within me. There's just a a dead silence. Again, I, I describe it as a part of me died that day. But now you have to figure out how to re-engage in all of these relationships because all of these relationships were built on a a certain foundation and a certain experience and a certain engagement. But now that shit 
is blanket across, you know, everybody's a reset because I need to figure out Mm -hmm. life. Like I need to figure out next steps. So yeah, you're not getting the strong friend. You're not getting the strong cousin. You're not getting the strong coworker. Nah, he doesn't, he's not here right now. Mm -hmm. And trying to teach people how to engage with you while also actively trying to keep from going to the dark side, like that's the tough part. That's that is the tough part because you're you're in that moment redefining yourself and people are so willing to want to understand. But it's it's hard because, like you said, like you want to be received as yourself, right? Like I'm the type I don't want to receive too much pity, like give me my distance. But people do want to pour into you, but you're really just like, damn, let me find my way through this thin ass gray area from whether I'm like happy and cheery, you know, making my way through the day. But then I'm like on the dark side where shit, I could be next moment in the bathroom, like, fuck, like looking in the mirror, like, yo, you got to get right or what you going to do about it. I think people in, in, in this human nature, right? Like it's hard to, to process others grief because in that moment, like you said, you're redefining yourself. You are. And on the flip side, people, we all have our timelines. And I think what's hard for a lot of people is you're going to have to continue to check in with me to see where I'm at. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I need you to understand, you know, I'm going through some shit right now. So that means when you engage with me, I need you to understand I'm going through some shit right now. So can you please tread lightly for the Mm -hmm. ass, the favors, the (laughs) emotional dumping, like, nah, B, I'm going through some shit right now. Like I can't mess with you the way you want me to mess with you. But it's like, I get so much joy of being a light in people's life and I want to be there. And I feel like, you know, day inside screaming, let's jump on it. Let's jump on it. Like, yes, let's let's get back to it. Right. But the other day is like, nah, son, like I need you to actively chill, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) like actively, but managing those responses because now you got to show up back to work, new job, not operating at a 10. So mm-hmm. having to constantly communicate where you're at emotionally, which I, I love that my job is supportive and even allows that space for me. But then, like I said, again, in the friendships, it, it changes the friendships, it changes the relationships, it changes how you view yourself. Right. And I, again, I'm going to keep saying it, a part of me died that day. Uh-huh. And I think what we should take away from that, that I feel like we are still learning in my family. My grandmother passed back in 2007 and we're still learning. And I think it's collective. It could apply to black people collectively, especially families led by a matriarch, right? That if we don't prepare for the day that we know that we're going to lose a significant part of us, like you said, that that part of us that will die at some moment with the person that we know is the pinnacle, if we don't prepare for that, then it's going to be a tough road ahead. And so I think what we now 
you know, have a space to do is even discuss what does preparation look like? Because I think while, you know, there's nobody that has an impact like grandma, right? Right. You know, I still have my mom, my aunties. I got my, my old boy. Like I got, I got other family, my, my other grandmother, my dad's mother. And so I feel like those conversations are still yet to be had. And so I, you know, become very curious in my mind as to why do we avoid these conversations about what death looks like? How do we prepare for this moment? How do we maintain our family structure? Because that becomes a huge part of it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we avoid it because we don't know. And I think we put it on the back burner to the point where then it becomes too late again, right? And then you have to, to re it's just it's a cycle that recycles. But I think it also just depends on our beliefs and spiritual beliefs, right? Like we mm -hmm. all fall in different categories. So preparation looks very different for every religion and every environment. But I would love for us to spend just as equal time and what do you do to navigate it? <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, and you know, I feel like things that have worked for me as I'm navigating, it's only not even really been 60 days yet, but I think support, the support from the friend group has been critical. And I said this on the previous episodes, the support that I need and it's crazy right. how the, the universe that you need that I need, and it's crazy how the universe is working because as much love that I feel from everybody, it's not coming all at once and in an overwhelming way. It's like mm. it's literally doses of it. Like at the right moment, at the right time, <laughs> I'm getting a text, I'm getting a book, I'm getting uh, something. Just what I'm like, right, yo, right. I'm barely right. <laughs> Right. And then I get that FaceTime and they're like, what's up? And I'm like, uh -huh. oh my God, like, thank you. <laughs> so I can't, like, the love and the support, there's no way and mm -hmm. there's no way that I would be able to be even having this conversation without mm -hmm. the support from my friend group, from my family group. And again, going back to a professional work environment that's conducive to me navigating bereavement in a professional space. Right, so, right. so I thank God that I feel like he set it up in a way that I could navigate this. Even being back home closer, mm -hmm. being back in the DMV area around friends and family, had I not made the move and still been in Providence when all this went down, there's no way yeah. I would have made it. Like, mm -hmm. what? Like, there's no yeah. way I could have been yeah. in Providence when all yeah. this happened. So I just think it all happens strategically. And another thing I want to call out is just the people God has put in my life recently. Like I think mm -hmm. about my homie Felipe and, and Greg and you and my best friend, Matt, all of these relationships were kind of reactivated, but mm -hmm. all of you have gone through serious grieving processes. And it's like, Y'all, you know, it's crazy that y'all would be the one it flips, right? Like all the <laughs> yeah, people you kick yeah. here with every day mm -hmm. has quickly shifted to they can't provide you what you need right, right. now. But right. y'all get it. Y'all exactly. understand it and y'all can speak to it from another lens that it just mm -hmm. lands in a different way that I think is 
it's hard for other people to understand. Right. I think you hit on several elements of, you know, and I don't know if I get to call your, your process a healthy process, but it seems like a little different than what I've seen some of us experience for one, having a support network. I, I think naturally you're, you're a cool ass, good ass nigga, right? <laughs> a good ass <laughs> dude, I should say. So naturally you, you have a, a collective of people around you that, for one, appreciate you for who you are. And so when that moment came, they knew, we knew how to traverse that space with ease and with compassion. That's real. real. And I think sometimes everyone doesn't have that. And I think that's something that as we know that death is a reality, that if we know that we're going to continue to exist, then we have to be good human beings ourselves. Yes. Because there's going to be a time where we're going to need the same type of support network to get us through those type of moments, through grief. And not to say that that support network alone, like you said, also the position that your job afforded you, right? To be able to navigate without feeling overwhelmed, by tasks, duties, and whatever else that you have as a responsibility in your position. And so all of these elements, even having time, we don't even get, in in, in our community, we don't get time. We don't. You know, it's just like, okay, grandma passed, I'm back at work on Monday, we just had the funeral on Saturday. Right. You know, people just leaving and getting up the road on Sunday. So it's like boom, 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 and we right back at it because bills have to be be paid. Life has, yes. you know, life goes on, and so I think about how you have been able to get the support that you need to have a job, and then also to still go through these moments where it's extremely difficult. Like it shows the magnitude of grief, right? That if we don't take steps. It's going to be a difficult and a very hard time to get through. And this grief is, is I don't think grief ever stops, right? We just learn how to cope with it, how to navigate it as we evolve as human beings. But for one, I think within our community, we have to have these conversations around our support network, what our job may respond like. Because again, we know that it may be only one or two people in the family that yeah. has the capacity yeah. to even financially support yes. funeral costs and whatever else, you know. And so I, I think all of these elements come into play. And so it, it really catches us by surprise and becomes a, a very difficult grieving process when we don't have these conversations, right? And then we don't position ourselves and not to say that you have to necessarily pick and choose people to, you know, say, oh, I need you around me when so-and-so pass. But right. I think just knowing, <laughs> right, knowing that you have people that understand you. And it's, you know, again, I'm not saying my grieving process is a perfect process by any means. I think like what you said, it's going back to seeing what we've seen, right? And mm-hmm. what we know it could look like. And I think it goes back to like, we also just got to put in the work with each other. And, you know, someone said like, Dayrico, you have always 
showed up for everybody. Why would you not think people would not show up for you? And it's because I don't ex- I don't necessarily expect that back, right? right? I don't expect uh-huh. me from people, and I know mm-hmm. that. But when she asked me, Tawana, when I was in West Virginia, she said, is there anybody that didn't show up that you expected? And I was like, I, no, everybody did. Like, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody mm-hmm. did. Like, even people from Lincoln, from University of Cincinnati, like, all these different walks of life just showing up. And I again, I think it just goes back to that piece. Let's just try to be better people and understand each other. So in these moments, they don't have to be, they're going to be hard. And there's going to be, there are the days where I'm just like, yo, no, like, no, I don't want to leave bed. Please don't make me, don't make me engage with people. Right. Don't make me engage with yeah. life. But you got to keep pushing. And you know, me and you, Black Motives, we see the good in every situation. Right. And as much as it hurts, it was an awakening for me. I've been in a great fog for the past eight months of just an autopilot, just in grind, 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 mm-hmm. not feeling as creative, not feeling as productive. And I was just kind of stuck. This um, shit woke me to fuck up. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> what, that's, what, that's that's one thing about that's one thing about grief, man. It'll it'll wake your ass up. Like okay, you know, alert. You you can be next. Yeah. And I mean, I I think we we all know that death is imminent, right? That it always hangs, you know, somewhere out there in the universe, and it's just a matter of time. But when it comes so close, it's just that kind of shock value, right? That shock that just kind of gives you that eye opener that, hey man, you gotta, you know, pick it up in life, you know, whether it's, you know, in taking the direction and restoring yourself, you know, your mental, whether it's, you know, achieving whatever goals you set out. Because I think that's a part of the grieving process, right? Is like, okay, for me, when my grandmother passed, I knew it was it was certain things that I knew that I absolutely had to achieve because she had invested so much into me. Yeah. And so that was a part of my healing is like as as much as I can achieve to show that the times that she spent having conversations with me, the times that she spent showing up to the schools for me, the times that she, she spent, yes. you know, put me on her bus, hiding me, you know, behind several seats so I could go to the best schools, making sacrifices, you know, day in and day night. So, 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 you know, I can be a proud young man. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I, I've always cherished about my grandmother and something that I hold dear to me. And it's just like always been that, that, that constant reminder to, you know, push yourself, you know, because if I don't, I kind of fall into these, like those dark moments, right. Where I feel like, damn, you know, are you being your best self? And I feel like it's her voice in a way, right. That's also speaking to me like son, you know, you can do it. Right. You know, take that, that step, that leap of faith, right? Yes. Because you have the support network. I, I mean, even with, with you reaching out with this podcast, like 
you know me i was, I was so laid back certain things that i'd be like i don't know if i really want to get into it but it was something that i felt like she knew and believed in my voice right that i ain't no type of dude just to be talking some shit, right right and so i felt like just even hearing her voice in, in ways echo through what i say is just like so profound and it's, it's a, a, a significant part of my healing, a part of my existence and being able to, you know, get out of those dark times when they come, you know, and I feel like, damn, how could I exist without her? And that's period. Like it is that how does life go on? And I think it's like you said, that awakening piece of being alert. I feel like you also realize what are you living for? Mm hmm. We, we live for these dreams that we created. Like I know for a fact that granny, you know, I'm in the DMV now. I'm looking for the houses. I got to get this because you going to have to pull. You going to have to wadi wadi wooty whoop. Nigga, like, no, that's like what? All the, all this grinding and granted, I appreciate, she appreciated the grind. You heard her on the, the episode where she's like, y'all, all y'all know y'all better be out here working in these streets to build this dynasty. So she appreciated the grind, but it just makes you think like, make sure you're living for you and make sure that again, our, a lot of our family, they probably, instead of us grinding 24 seven, would just appreciate the phone call, right? We just appreciate the pop-up visit instead. We don't have to create these narratives and these goals surrounded around pleasing someone that we are not even going to, we're not sure they're going to be here tomorrow. So now what? Now you've created this whole roadmap to success centered right. on X, Y, and Z versus right. nah, this is what makes you happy. And I appreciate that she sort of instilled that in me. Everything mm -hmm. was always like, Rico, are, are you good? Right. As a kid, do you want to run for sixth grade president? Mm -hmm. Do you want mm -hmm. to play back? Like, it, are you good? Right. If this So... Right. I appreciate that, but it's it's a wake up call, bro. It's a it's yeah. a it's a wake up call and it's a, a scary place to be in. And I just encourage everyone to just find different ways to unpack, whether that's through a creative project, whether that's through therapy, whatever your mode is in unpacking it and releasing it, we got to. We gotta talk mm -hmm. about it. You know, I was talking to my best friend today who lost his mother. He was just saying, again, it's it's easier to go into depression. It's easier to be sad. And the risks associated with that are greater than you just waking up and just trying. Right, right. Because that bitterness and that angry spreads into every avenue so oh, yeah. quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more because you you feel a sense of rage you know like fuck you do you know what i'm going through yeah like do you understand who i just lost and so hell yeah you wake up sometime and it's just like it can just spew like fucking black oil all over your day but we have to be cognizant Snack. yes yes we have to exercise real 
sensible. <laughs> we, we just got to be cognizant, though, for real, because if you don't, you, we can allow that that moment to damage a lot that we can look forward to. And so I think that's why I put so much thought into preparing for certain moments and for sure hoping that they never arrive, even though we, of course, we know death is always imminent. It's it's a factor of life, but just taking the time to do the work to having as much of a healthy healing process throughout our grief is, is so critical to us being sustainable for us being us right because a lot of times we we move with grief with all of the emotions from that moment in time we move through you know current life with it and it 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 alters our behavior our character yes yes you know yes (laughs) (laughs) and you have to be aware of that and i like and I like I cannot stress that understand your bandwidth before you because I be having to check myself, bro. Before I go into certain engagements, mm-hmm. I be like, Jasmine Sullivan was like, "Bitch, get it together, <laughs> bitch." You don't know, legit. Like, yo, you you tripping right now? Like, you need to just breathe and step away from the situation mm-hmm. and just and communicate that. And if people don't understand that, then they shouldn't be in your life. Right. And that's right. one thing, I, again, I appreciate is just I'm able to be like, yo, no. Yeah, we might have yeah, we might have made plans today. Yes, you didn't buy these tickets, but it's a no for me. As of as mm-hmm. a five o'clock, it's a no. It's not gonna be yeah. a good, <laughs> good mm. evening. And 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 this is totally fine. I think and I think we already go through that now, just by the nature of how frequently we, we communicate we know when it's just that time right like and i, I feel like we not to say we have a a, a model friendship you right, know that's, right. that's growing here but <laughs> i feel like you know it's it's so important and we talked about this in some of our previous episodes in, in, in terms of exercising emotional intelligence like i couldn't be mad at you for saying like hey not today you know, don't hit my phone right. up. You know, I know you'll never deliver it in that manner, but yeah. or even if we had a significant commitment, I just know f- that the type of person you are, even if you had the opportunity to make that commitment, you would have taken every chance to make that commitment. So if you were to say, hey, let's exit 15 minutes before or shit, 30 minutes into, and I, it's like, I would understand because Again, grief is tough, man. And you never know when it creeps up on you where it just can turn a beautiful day dark. And if we don't have the support around us, like it could impact our long-term behavior because we will exist in that darkness without having the support to kind of show us that lightness that we that we need to kind of come up out of, of, of those dark moments. Yeah. And I agree. And, you know, I told you this. I don't think I've even told you what I'm about to tell you. (laughs) But I remember maybe three weeks, four weeks out after everything happened, you just sent me a text and you was like, am I supporting you the way you need to be supported right now? What can I do better? 
mm-hmm. like legit that was it and i was like mm-hmm. oh shit like again the intentionality of like even though i got my own stuff going on over right. here i still want to figure out how to show up actively for you in this moment that's conducive for where you're at and what you need g shit hey g shit that's that's just like legit solely off the strength of olp you know <laughs> like for real like no nah, i have to sit and reflect on how this podcast have been even evolving our friendship how i even navigate some of my other friendships right i couldn't have had a conversation right we were just talking about supporting each other and so on and so forth and i'm like but damn, you was just talking about the shit. That's all it takes is a, a text, you know? <laughs> just say, hey, bro, like, am I supporting you? And I think sometimes we think of it as, uh, of, of these, like, small gestures as such grandiose things that it kind of pushes us away from doing it, right? And those are those moments where it can really have a significant impact on your friendship, yes. right? And how that friendship take shape in the future because i think for for me i'm always like how could i strengthen my strengthen my friendships because i really value these people you just in my life just to be in my life right so i just want to figure out how do i strengthen the bond the connections that we have because i think as you become a better person i become a better person because i always refer back to the african proverb ubuntu i am because you are right and so when I listen to our podcast, I'm like, I'm learning, I'm growing. And like I said, previously, I probably wouldn't have sent a message like that. But it was like I was I felt inclined because it was like I I know what I'm I'm, I'm growing. I know in the manner I'm, I'm growing. So not why not be actively responsible and doing those things that you're talking about? And I think it's just those steps and, you know, evolving as human beings that could take us a long way because now when you know you respond it's like okay i understand how i can support my friend right right as simple as that and that's all it that's all it takes and i'm here to tell you that friend needs you like yeah (laughs) (laughs) like let me be clear all of y'all who are really out there with meaningful Mm -hmm. friendships and if Mm -hmm. you know a friend or anyone who has truly gone through and yeah we've all gone through it right and a lot of people have gone through it 10 times as worse than what we've experienced but that's not the point the point is when Mm -hmm. we go through it to us our world is falling apart exactly and just know that that person regardless if they tell you they good (laughs) they gonna Mm -hmm. need a hug on one of these days and they're Mm -hmm. gonna need one of those texts and you know i'll end on this is that it's also i know we all believe in different things from a spiritual standpoint but i think it's it was a good opportunity for me personally to just feed my spiritual man and get back in touch with God and praying and fasting and every day making sure that I'm feeding my spiritual man because I was I was empty. My God mother put it in a perfect scenario. She was like, God is doing surgery on your heart right now. And she's like, when you're laying on the table getting heart surgery, you know, you're, you're asleep. You're just stuck. You can't do mm-hmm. much. You just know stuff is happening, but you don't right. really know what's going down. But once that surgery is done, you wake up and it's a different beat and you're mm. a different person and it's a different purpose. And that's what it has been. Yeah, Like I was like, that's the perfect analogy that mm-hmm. explains it is that it's, 
it's a transplant it's a surgery to your soul and who you are and why you exist because every moment after that day now is going to matter in a different way right right i think of it as recentering that energy right because your energy you know is connected to that that person's existence right there the the energy that they give is kind of like a collective of 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 shared energy that when it it, it leaves you have to figure out a way to restore it and so in in the same analogy that you've you know, share with your godmother, it is like, you know, being on that surgery table and experiencing things and feeling like some of that energy is being seeping away. And it's like, you have to figure out how to reinvigorate it, how to be in tune, how to be aware of the conditions of the environmental factors and everything that comes with the grieving process. Yeah, all of it, all of it. Cause that, yo, that bleeding out, Cause mm-hmm. that's legit just what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Like it does slowly feel like, oh my goodness. It's like the slow death of mm-hmm. energy. You're like, yo, let me just get a band-aid, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, need to patch it up. Yeah. Cause, Cause man, I, I feel like since my grandmother's death, you know, and experiencing death, my uncle and my, my, my granddad, and my great grandmother and just recently my younger cousin each time it has given me a different vision you know on how i even appreciate life i was just telling you about like my aspirations to just kind of take off and probably for a couple weeks just explore the world i mean naturally i travel but just to really tap into myself because the most recent death that I experienced with my young cousin is just like so much weight on me for some reason that I I've I've feel like I'm I'm losing a part of that that energy that has been keeping me high end. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a part of my my grieving process is to travel, is to really delve into these emotions. Like why it's his death lingering so much over my thoughts, right? Right. For one, I understand is because he was he was so young, but I also felt like there was a certain responsibility that I had to him that I I didn't f- fulfill or commit or make the commitment as I should have, and so I, I think about those things and a part of the grieving process and me coming back to say, okay, well, he's no longer here. So where do I now have an impact or or possibly help restore energy that has been lost amongst others that may not have the opportunity to restore that energy the way that I'm about to, right? Right. That's a a luxury in a way that I do recognize is that I can escape the environments, right? And to separate myself from the physical that can be such a reminder of the hurt, the pain, and every, you know, other emotion that comes with death. And so I say that to say, you know, we have to figure out whatever I, you know, I preach travel all day, but we have to figure out what it is, those avenues, whether it's exercising, whether it's yoga, whatever, whatever, you know, those are just some, some very small things that, 
you know, I've incorporated into my life to have that mental balance because they're, like I said, when those dark days come, man, it's, it's but a split second of a thought on whether you act on it or not. Yeah. You know, and so I feel like travel for one kind of keeps that sliver yeah, as thick as it can be, that sliver of decision, right? Where you say, no, I choose life. I choose to exist. I choose to look forward to my future, right? And so I say again to anyone that's listening, do the work and not necessarily like it shouldn't be a hard task, but finding out what it is for you that could help you navigate you know, grief, because it's a painful process if you don't. And talking it out, like, you know, this is the first time we've recorded virtually. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was important to us because we was like, yo, we are, you're going through your season of grief. Mm -hmm. I'm going through my season of grief. And we have to talk about it because now it's it's impacted everything that we touch. This podcast being one of the things that Facts. we touch because a lot of the views, <laughs> you know, prior to today might have switched up on you real quick. Mm -hmm. But it's it's talking it out, and I think we've both have lost people to different ways of death, mm -hmm. right? And certain avenues of death have different reactions. Right. And I think from all of it, and the thing that I've been stressing to my family is like, yo, we just got to communicate. Mm -hmm. we and I pre to. we have to, and I appreciate the brothers who've been reaching out to me, the listeners who have been reaching out like, yo, I think my little brother is struggling with X. How mm -hmm. do I have this conversation? And I'm not saying we're, again, we know we're not therapists, right? but I'm going to celebrate these listeners and these brothers for just even trying to do it. Just trying exactly. to like, I just want to create a space for my little right. brother to talk to me. Right, right. man. Cause one conversation had that wasn't, you know, that's, that's worthwhile for us because as you just pointed out, you know, how, how death comes suicide is, is, is so eerie, you know, it, it makes you wonder on every aspect, how could things have been different? And I know it's, it's selfish when you think about, you know, we think about suicide, we think of it in a selfish manner, right? Because we think, oh, that person should have remained here. And we're thinking about it in a selfish way. But it's like, did we even do the work to help that person, you know, see that they could have remained here. And I think of that and, and, and take that personally, because I know I'm, I'm consciously becoming more aware of how I interact with people. Not to say that I'm, I'm on this plight to, you know, change all of my friendships to, to be like these super friendships or, or, or whatever, <laughs> or these super relationships with, with family. But I just become more aware of the value that I have in, in, in people and that I, I want us to exist. I want us to thrive. And so if it, if it takes for me to take a step that I wouldn't have taken before, right. To step out of my comfort zone, to step out of line, yeah. right, yeah. and to do something that not necessarily the thing to do, right? Because, like you said, 
you know, reaching out to you and trying to help me navigate, you know, some of the things with my family, you know, in ways that I haven't thought about because we all have, you know, a, 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 a very Asian of experiences. Yes. Right. And I think it goes back to just being resource oriented, right? Hey, well, let me reach out to bruh because I know you might be able to see my little brother through with his little situation. Right. 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 Because you might have a, a certain voice that resonates with him that doesn't resonate when I say it to him, you know, or yeah. deliver it to him. And so I think this podcast and listening to your voice and the conversations that, and dialogues that we're having, it just makes me feel much more like empowered to know that, you know, naturally the work is happening, but also that we we're, you know, having an impact on others. You know, we, we have some, some listeners tuning in from all over, man. And it's just such an enchanting, you know, feeling to know that people are tuning in. And I agree. Like, that's the inspiring part of it all is because I won't lie that there's a lot of moments I'm like, why do you care about uh-huh. this world? Why do you care <laughs> right. so much about everybody winning? And why do you want to change people? Why do you put so much energy? But I remember after my grandmother died, I was in an Uber with this guy. And I think I told you this story, but I was in the Uber and one thing he said to me is he said, you don't have to change the whole world. Your goal is to change one person's mind a day. And I promise you, he was like, you're going to be good with that. He didn't know what I did. He didn't know what I was interested in. But he uh-huh. was like, literally, this guy, this Uber dude was just like, I want you to stop stressing. Uh-huh. And I just want you to focus on changing one person's mind a day. Mm. You don't got to change it on. Mm. I was like, all right, granny, whoever is like sending this <laughs> odd message. But I say that to say is like, just when one person hits me up, just to talk about what we talked about, just to talk about how they're having conversations in their marriage, they're having conversations with their parents. That's all it takes for me. And I'm, I'm good. I'm like, yo, really? You listen? Mm-hmm. Like, I, you mm. you good you wait you want to unpack you want to get on a facetime so we can talk about how you can navigate your relationship with your father like let's do it and that's exactly. what i'm just reminded of like we ain't here to change the whole world i just want to if i can get to someone or help someone think differently mm-hmm. think differently or just be curious about how to be a supportive active and intentional participant Mm-hmm. with whoever you're engaging with in that moment right i'm good yeah yeah i like to believe our grandmothers are proud of us man like look we are here on this podcast and we are you know being vulnerable in many ways but also like you said just filling our ways our way through this new journey as brothers as friends as two people that feel so inspired to invest into our community. And if one person values what we do, then the work is very much worth it to us. (laughs) You know, know, we have one supporter, you know, shout out to Lauren. She's a a huge fan of the work that we do. And so 
it's like, man, when we hear our supporters, you know, just showing so much love and encouraging others to be a part of the dialogues and the conversation because they are beginning to have these conversations with their families, yes. with their homegirls, you know, yes. they dogs, you know. That's what it's about. We just want to expand these conversations and dialogues and just do so uh, so that we all can win, you know, so we all can thrive a little better and, and rise above, you know, all the things that continue to try to pull us down because, man, this, this, this life is short, you know, yeah. and we realize that day in and day out as we lose significant others and, 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 and people that we cherish, we just have to be present for each other, y'all. And we have to make it matter. Like, whatever it is that you're doing in these streets across the board, <laughs> make it matter, yo. Like, make it matter. And make, again, just check in with each other and create the path that's going to work for you. When it comes to just your healing process is your healing process. You own it. You own it. It's, it's on you to, it's on us. Mm -hmm. to figure it out we can't we can't throw it in nobody else's lap we can't project it on nobody we have to internally figure it out so i'm I'm interested to see sort of the next steps for us as we just navigate this season and and grow into this continue to grow in this podcast for sure for sure and i think we'll we'll occasionally check in on on our grieving process because like we said this isn't something that's wanted done uh this isn't just a conversation to be had uh, but a conversation to be continued so thank y'all for tuning in as always we appreciate y'all thank y'all for supporting us across this world man iceland like, wait wait hey, hold on Belgium. whoever whoever is in iceland holding it down Thank you, Ghana, Argentina, Puerto Rico. Brazil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of y'all, man. We appreciate you all. Muito obrigado. Okay. Muchas gracias. <laughs> <laughs> and to our U.S. <laughs> listeners, we see y'all. Yeah, thank y'all. Yes, thank we see y'all. And we know who y'all are in some of the areas, <laughs> so we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. All right. <laughs> Sign it off. <laughs>